0: This is Optimal Living Daily, episode 1943, What to Tell Your Inner Critic, and Three Unexpected Reasons You're Procrastinating and How to Stop Feeling So Guilty, both by Stella Grisant of WooPa.com, and I'm your very own personal narrator, Justin Mollick, reading to you from some amazing blogs and books to help you optimize your life, covering self-help, personal development, happiness, productivity, and a lot more. I have two posts today, so let's get right to them as we optimize your life. What to Tell Your Inner Critic by Stella Grisant of WUPAW.com This fall has been intense with a lot of firsts. First time speaking to 1,400 people at Google. First time leading the work happiness method, my eight-week virtual program for having a more satisfying work life and first time planning a first birthday party for my first daughter. I find that doing something new is often fertile ground for my inner critic to go crazy. Sound familiar? While I was experiencing a mild bout of anxiety with each of these, the straw that broke the camel's back and unleashed my latest inner critic drama was planning my daughter's first birthday. As I was going through Lenore's closet the day before her party, I realized that I didn't have a birthday outfit ready for her. I could have gotten her something cute and special in advance, but I didn't. Suddenly, that small, momentary realization began to snowball into a crying fest on top of a mound of perfectly adorable onesies. Clearly, I was a terrible mom. Who doesn't buy their daughter a fabulous new outfit for her first birthday party? In retrospect, I know I was being totally irrational, but rationality isn't exactly something our inner critic is known for. Once I was able to start thinking clearly again, I remembered Martin Seligman's learned optimism model. And I thought this was the perfect thing to share with you guys. Here's how to climb your way out of the downward spiral of beating yourself up. Recognizing the three P's of pessimism, personalization, permanence, and pervasiveness. Number one, this isn't personal. Inner critic, you suck as a mom. What to say back? Oops, inadvertent oversight, but nothing that defines me as a mother. I adore my daughter with every ounce of my being. New outfit or not, Lenore is going to have a wonderful birthday filled with love and joy and laughter, and she will look adorable and precious in whatever she wears, because that's just who she is. Number two, this isn't permanent. Inner critic, OMG, this is so your MO. You're always doing stuff like this. You will never really be a good mom. What to say back? First of all, Always and never are not true. That's just my negative knee-jerk reaction talking. Second of all, nothing about this will alter the state of my daughter's life. I had a crazy time crunched a month, but that doesn't mean this is how things are always going to be. If I'm guilty of anything, it's of not seeking more help with the party planning and of realizing in advance that I'm easily overwhelmed when dealing with new things all at the same time. Number three, this isn't pervasive. Inner critic. This will now affect every aspect of the entire party. Nice going, you loser of a mom. What to say back? No, this is just one isolated thing. Besides, just because everything isn't new and totally perfect about the party doesn't mean the whole thing is doomed. There's nothing infectious about one little oversight. Only if I want to punish myself can this have an effect on anything else at her birthday party. Bottom line, stop being so hard on yourself. We all make mistakes, but very, very few can do serious damage unless we allow them to. I know it's hard to change your inner script, trust me, I know, especially in those moments when our emotion joins forces with our self-doubt. So even if you can't silence your inner critic in that moment, take a breath as soon as you can and start looking for the bright side. Three unexpected reasons you're procrastinating and how to stop feeling so guilty by Stella Grisant of Wupaw.com. It's been really great this past month getting to know folks through the strategy sessions they signed up for. The experiences they've shared have been inspiring, their success is energizing, and many of their frustrations have really resonated. One in particular struck enough of a chord with me that I wanted to share it because I have a feeling many or all of you guys can relate. I was speaking with a woman who'd left her career as a biologist to write fiction. She was stressed about how much she procrastinates. She wants to write when she sits down at her desk, yet finds herself doing anything but. Facebook, anyone? Does this happen to you? I often hear clients complain about their procrastination habits, which so many equate with laziness, and then it's only a matter of time before they're off and running the self-flagellation marathon. What was interesting about this recent session is that in just one hour, we were able to identify some surprising reasons for her procrastination. Even if this isn't what's going on for you, I hope it'll help you stop punishing yourself and maybe be a little bit more curious about what could be going on. Here's what we uncovered in our one-hour strategy session. Number one, she doesn't like uncertainty because you never know what's going to happen when you start to write or where the story will go. Are you procrastinating about something you've never done or that requires creative thinking? The unknown can be scary, but it can also be exciting. That's why we like to go to new restaurants or travel to new places. Uncertainty can be perceived as something to be feared or you can think about it as something novel to be discovered. You're fear-talking, what if this sucks? What to say instead? Let's see, I wonder how this is going to go. Number two, she was afraid to fail because she gave up a big career in science to write fiction. If this doesn't work out, then what? Often it's our type A personality or perfectionist behavior that prevents us from even getting started because we expect it to be great or perfect right out of the gate. And if we're the least bit unsure, then our perfectionism sabotages our ability to start because we can't risk failure. Type A talking, I don't know what to write. I'm not ready yet and I can't afford the risk of half-f***ing it. What to say instead? It's okay if it's not perfect at first, I can keep honing it but better to write something start somewhere to take the pressure off. Number three, she was trying to force it because she felt so bad about not writing. She chose to create a strict schedule, isolate herself in a room with no internet, no distractions, and force herself to write. This sounded like punishment, not a way to encourage and cultivate creativity. Force talking, I must do this now. I can't leave this room until I've written a certain number of pages and been here for a certain number of hours. What to say instead? Why not create a more pleasurable environment in which to work, something conducive to creativity and productivity, and include some rewards for myself, favorite snack and timed breaks to go hear my new playlist along the way for more incentive to work. Even if you haven't figured out the real reason for your procrastination, at least you're not spending all your time punishing yourself. In fact, even if you're still procrastinating, try to stop beating yourself up. That alone might be enough to help get you cracking. You just listen to the posts titled What to Tell Your Inner Critic and Three Unexpected Reasons You're Procrastinating and How to Stop Feeling So Guilty, Both by Stella Grisant of Whoopah.com. All right, that'll do it for today. Have a great rest of your day, and I'll see you in the Wednesday show tomorrow where your optimal life Awaits. Oh,